Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, so be sure to subscribe and of course send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything, be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Okay, welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about LinkedIn and some tips you can use today that are pretty quick and easy to really, really up your game on LinkedIn and really leverage it uh, for, for all the many benefits that it has to offer. Now, for whatever reason, physicians and other healthcare professionals don't seem to really use LinkedIn very effectively, at least not within academics and clinical types of practices. Definitely in other types of, of healthcare industry practice, LinkedIn is much, much more uh, central to their sort of daily use. So I think there are a lot of lessons we can learn from other uh, healthcare professionals and other people in the business of healthcare to understand what we can really do with LinkedIn to grow our networks and open the doors of many, many possibilities. So the first thing you can do to update your LinkedIn profile is give yourself a great photo. Many people don't get professional headshots done on a regular basis, and so yours might be out of date. It might be something that's just frankly not done very well that you had to do sort of in the office at work. It's not a a really professional or aesthetically appealing headshot. For many people, it's just their sort of department comes through and it's almost like high school yearbook again, you know, get these little pictures taken. Um, That may not be the best way to represent yourself. And some people even I have seen just take a regular snapshot that they've cropped other people out of. And while you might look great, it's not a professional photo. So really important to just take a few minutes to evaluate your photo. Is it recent? Is it flattering? And most important, is it professional looking? And if you don't have a great professional headshot, you can certainly get one from a a local photographer or even some local department stores will do this. Uh, And it's, it's really not expensive at all. Well worth the investment. Okay, the second step to your LinkedIn profile makeover is to pay some attention to your headline. So a lot of people just put in their actual formal job title in their headline, and I think this is a mistake. This is really very limiting. For one thing, only the first few characters of that headline show up when you're active on LinkedIn, when you leave a comment or something. So it's only that first part that really catches most people's attention. It's important to pay attention to that because for many people, their job titles, especially in academics or clinical medicine, their job titles are just so very long that they don't really get around to the point uh, in a succinct way, and it's not all going to show in those first few characters. The other thing that it's a little bit limiting is it doesn't really open the doors for what you might want to do next. It just says who you are today if you're using your job title. So the words that you write in your headline should speak about who you are and who you are from that professional brand language that you'll be using, right, to describe your credentials, your experiences, uh, perhaps what you're doing currently if you're happy with that, and perhaps something a little bit more broad that opens the door to describe what you want to do next. If you have some really noteworthy uh, accomplishment, you may want to include that if it feels very relevant to you to, to put that in there. But take a look at it and try to avoid just sort of parroting back a job title. And instead, Think about how you might describe yourself as being a competent professional in a specific type of industry, making a specific type of contribution. 
Now, you don't want to go buzzword crazy here because you do want your words to be really clear about what it is that you do. So I'm not suggesting that you get clever, cute, or use a bunch of jargon here, but I am suggesting that you may want to deviate from your actual job title, which may not be as effective as more of a description of who you are, that first sentence of your elevator pitch. Okay, step three, take a look at your summary. So the summary should be a story, if at all possible. And I think this is especially true for people who have a variety of professional experiences in their work history. So if you have taken sort of a detoured path to where you are today, or you have a lot of extra sort of value add experiences in your professional history that many other people in your current role do not have, right, this is unique and sets you apart, you should include that in your summary as a little bit of a story. And again, importantly, if you're going to be using LinkedIn to sort of leverage your next a career path, it's important to weave that summary and that story of your professional experiences and your interests to paint a picture of how that's relevant to what you want to do next so that a person can really connect the dots and see how all of what you've done in the past has led you to be highly effective where you are today or is positioning you to be highly effective for the next thing that you want. And they can get a clear sense of what that thing might be so that they will recognize your value in the summary. I would write the summary in the, the, the first person as well. It's very sort of stuffy and bizarre to write uh, in your LinkedIn profile in the third person about yourself as if you are writing a Wikipedia page for yourself. Um, more important to be personal and to share that narrative of, of your perspective, your experience, your work history, your education, um, perhaps different places you've lived, and these unique value adds that not everybody in your role has that really sets you apart. So important to weave that together in a narrative, in sort of a storytelling, first-person way, so that somebody gets a real sense for you and your talents, and also a little bit about your personality. Okay, number four, and a lot of people don't do this. In fact, they even maybe deliberately shy away from this. I'm going to ask you to rethink that if you're one of them. Number four is to turn on your open to work receptivity to recruiters. So there's a specific part in LinkedIn where you do this and you let recruiters know that you would be interested. So you go into uh, the settings in the privacy page and you edit or um, turn on the hashtag open to work feature. It's important to let recruiters be able to see your information and also to see that you have specific career interests. So you can say that you're open to a new role or that you're actively seeking a new role. You can identify the fields. You can even identify the sort of experience level, you know, that you'd be interested in something if it were a certain level of seniority or above. And there are uh, some privacy settings. So of course, they can't guarantee complete privacy from your current employer or colleagues, but they can, generally speaking, keep this within the recruiter community and recruiters not at your current organization. And by the way, everybody knows uh, that you should be planning for future career advancement. So I really don't think that it's necessarily a negative, uh, even when your colleagues and your bosses and everyone, if they could see that you are open to hearing from recruiters. Why would you not be open to a great opportunity? So I would I would not worry about that. I know a lot of people do. Um, but generally speaking, I think it's a great idea to be able to articulate you know, what you're open to hearing about, what you most want to do, and uh, let recruiters know about that. I know a lot of physicians have are sort of a little bit off-put by recruiters. And perhaps this is because, you know, you're being recruited for things that are, are not at all 
aligned with what you want to do. I know that I get recruiters approaching me all the time for locums tenants positions, for example, and that's nothing at all that I want to do. So I'm not talking about recruiters really in that sense, but uh, recruiters are essentially professional matchmakers, right? Their entire uh, professional purpose is to match highly qualified candidates who want specific job opportunities with the companies or the clients who want those kinds of professionals. And so if you can just get a little clear on what you'd like to do next, then a recruiter is a really, really great way to help you get there and get there quickly. So I recommend turning that on, open the door to recruiters and be receptive, talk to them, get to know them, grow your network in that way. Not all of them lead to anything right away, but sometimes they do. And certainly it's good to have that community uh, sort of be plugged in there because if a really amazing opportunity does come up and it would be right for you, you certainly want it to come to you. Why not have a small army of folks who can help you be aware of those kind of opportunities? That's what recruiters do. Okay, the fifth thing you want to do is pay some attention to the skills set. So you want to be sure that you have your skills turned on and that you have identified some skills. And importantly, especially if you're if you're looking for something actively, you're really considering uh, moving up or or taking some kind of a career pivot. Be sure that the skills that you have turned on are transferable skills, and that they speak to not only what you have done well in the past and can get endorsements for, but also speak to what you might want to be doing in the future. Because the search engine within LinkedIn will use the skills and the words from your headline summary and so forth to match you up with these recruiters. So in order for them to know what would be a great opportunity for you, you've got to have the right words in your profile and you want to put it in the skills section. And finally, one of the really, really effective strategies to really up your game on LinkedIn, sort of giving it a makeover to your entire profile is to leverage endorsements. Now, endorsements are when you go to somebody else's profile, one of your connections, and you endorse them for one of their skills. So presumably they have selected some skills, they've got some on their profile, and you want to pop by their profile, people that you have, you know, firsthand knowledge of that you've worked with, that should be genuine, of course, and endorse them for one of their various skills. This is really fantastic because it does a few things for you. One is it's a really quick and easy way to sort of stay in touch uh, without a lot of effort really at all with some of your connections, perhaps connections that are a little bit more loose folks that you uh, you know don't speak to every uh, quarter or every year even, but that they're in your professional network. Perhaps you did training with them or you see each other annually at conferences. This is a great opportunity to build and strengthen those sort of looser relationships so that you are more top of mind with a bigger group of people, right? So folks don't forget about you because you've come by their profile to do them the, the sort of favor, right? The, the nice move of endorsing them for a handful of their core skills. The other thing this will do is very likely it can trigger sort of a reunion conversation. Well, they'll they'll see that you've endorsed them and they'll write you and you'll have a quick catch up. So that's also very helpful for networking. And then the final thing it likely will do is result in them endorsing you for some of your skills. And that's great because that helps to really grow your credibility. This is sort of the, the work equivalent of social proof, right? The professional equivalent of social proof, which is having other people other people in the kind of professional role who have the capacity to judge you for your professional competencies, giving endorsements for your skills, those same skills that recruiters and other hiring managers are going to be looking for when they're looking to fill specific roles. 
the kind of roles that you eventually aspire to hold. So with a great photo, a solid headline, a storytelling summary, being open to recruiters, making sure your skills are turned on and appropriately curated, right? So they're selected to showcase what you really do have skill in and also what's transferable and important to what you want to do next, as well as an active effort in keeping your network alive and growing those endorsements for your own skills by endorsing others. These are some really, really great ways to liven up your LinkedIn profile and make it much more effective so that it's not just sitting there as like an online document, like a CV, but it is much more of a living, breathing, active networking tool the way that LinkedIn intended. So hop online right now, take a look at your own LinkedIn profile, make a few of these changes, drop me a note and let me know how it goes. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now. (music) 